Hi, and welcome to episode 134 of No Crying in Baseball, the So Many Mimosas episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Happy Mother's Day, Potty Mouth. Happy Mother's Day. You've been enjoying it so far? I've, I've been having a great time. I watched some monkey ball with my kid. Um, I had bagels and mimosas delivered to me by by said child. Um yeah, I, I, it's been pretty good. And I've been weeping over all those MLB videos where the players are thanking their moms. Oh, I haven't Have you watched, watched those yet. No. So each team has one and they're weepy enough. Some of them are just sort of like, you know, a montage and some are like the guys talking about how their moms, you know, like were always there for them and got them to games every, you know, all the time Aww. and got them to everything and really supported them no matter what, like, um, camera shots of like moms seeing their, their kids like first major league hit and Oh, it was just great. But wow. the best one, the best, my favorite one is Adley Rutschman. Remember last year's number one draft pick, my, my, my O's boy, who shares a birthday with my child, had a very funny interview with his mom on their Adirondack chairs in their little backyard where he had like <laughs> qu- questions that other people wanted him to ask his mom about him. And so they were, they were very cute. And he said, okay, tell me about the day of my birth. He's like, never mind. We'll skip that one. He's like, oh, no, you were late. You were big. And then said, and you share a birthday with Babe Ruth. And he said, huh, I didn't know that. And he was born right here in Baltimore. And he said, I didn't know that. But you know oh, what? Wow. But you'll like this part. You know, so they had this thing, these things in common, right? Because he's drafted by the O's, right? Uh-huh. And so, And Babe Ruth was originally drafted by the Orioles. And, and Adley looks at his mom and says, but I'm not getting traded to the Yankees. And she said, no, you're not. Oh, that's so cool. Extra points. And then he said, or the Red Sox. Oh, no. (laughs) But anyway, it's very sweet. It's very endearing. And, you know, we love the moms. So I've been a little weepy all day. There is, in fact, crying in baseball when you look at the mom videos. Yeah, I was weeping this morning. My kid and and Mr. Potty Mouth made me a picture compilation, little slideshow thing of through the years. And yeah, oh, talk yeah. about like tear jerking. That was after I got my amazing presents, the Car- Carlton Fisk Waving It Fair t-shirt, which I'm wearing right now, the um, Fred Lynn bobblehead, Carlton Fisk uh, baseball card, and 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 Potty Mouth Jr.'s drawing of all the CPBL mascots. Yeah, anybody out there interested in some CPBL mascot cartoons, check out our Twitter and our, our Instagram now. And uh, and let me know what you think. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. I love it. I that card was spectacular. So um, I didn't get those kinds of presents, but I did get my gutters cleaned, and I'm like, just I'm here for that. That made me so happy. That's amazing. <laughs> we had another exciting time this week with our friends at Two Strike Noise, and I hate that I can't give spoilers. I'm not going to give spoilers, but we were in the second round of the first annual. Uh, who Bailey? I missed this up last time. Bump Bailey. Wax back heroes. I saw the plaque on their their YouTube, but I didn't read it carefully. In the movie The Natural, Bump Bailey is the character who dies after crashing into the wall. Yeah. Now I'm, and I wouldn't have remembered that had I not read that plaque, which of course I didn't remember now. But the rest of it was Wax Back Heroes Tournament of Awesome. So as y'all may know, we were victorious in the first round against Turnipair Chris, and we recently went up against the Henshin Tigers uh, podcast. Is that, did I get that right? That we'll, is correct. We, we will kind Trevor of, from the Henshin Tigers. Yep. We will, we will um, definitely put their link in our, in our show notes to give them a little bit of a shout out. So Check it out on YouTube. It's going to be dropping this Friday. And uh, and we'll add a link whenever we can. And we'll post links and stuff. But it was so much fun. Yeah, let us know who wins. 
On today's show, we're going to do some rumor mongering about the return of Major League Baseball. We're going to talk fun with a CPBL. We're going to talk a little less fun with the KBO. There's backlash to the newly announced five-round draft. We warned you about this. And there's boyfriends doing boyfriend things. Thank you, boyfriends. So first, um, timing is funny on this because we record on Sunday. And the rumor mongering that we are aware of says that Major League Baseball is having a phone call Monday, which is tomorrow for us and yesterday for you, if you're listening oh, to this time. in the day the show drops, timey-wimey, yeah. and to talk to the owners about a proposed plan for starting an MLB season later this summer. If the owners agree to that, then on Tuesday, the day the show does drop, whatever comes out of that Monday meeting is going to be presented to the players' union. So we know a couple of things that are probably contained in this first foray. Remember, this is not, here's the plan. Here's how it's going to work. It's, here are some things that we would like to see happen. One of them is an 80-game season. One of them, which I find interesting, is to play in specific geographic regions. This is not the, everybody either plays in Florida or Arizona or Texas. This is, you play as much as you can out of your home ballparks, Unless you can't play in those home ballparks because of the level of um, contagion, right? The level of um, COVID positive tests or whatever, it, where you are, in which case you may have to relocate. But what they're saying is, like for the, the Nationals who are in the NL East, we would play a lot of games against NL East teams, but also American League East teams. Fewer games, but that would be like how we would fill out the rest of that schedule. We, there'd be a lot of interleague play like that, but it would be divided geographically. There would have to be expanded rosters because they didn't say no minor leagues, but how the heck are you going to work minor leagues when you have to control this? So the rosters may be back up to 40 or 50 player rosters to keep everybody together and ready to go. That's, you know, all of this is up for conversation. Yeah. I noticed that um, just now that made me realize that I'll probably be able to see the Red Sox at at Nats Park. If this all happens, if we're actually, actually able to in-person go see baseball games, that's geographically in my favor. The Red Sox were not on the Nats' original schedule. So. I don't think I'm going to let you go to a Yay. ballpark this summer because I love you. I want you to watch it on TV. And uh, I, I don't, yeah, so that's the thing. The other thing that's, they're not even talking about in front of fans yet. They're not. They're just talking about playing games, not in front of fans. Right. And because there would not be fans, there may be more salary upheaval. If you remember back in March, the players agreed to this advance on salary and then prorated salary if there is a season. Now this this tentative plan that's going to be proposed is talking about the players taking a further pay cut because the owners are saying if we can't have fans we lose money every game. The union says no you don't prove it and they're not like sharing the information and the 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 players union is already saying we we're done negotiating salary. We did that back in March. So that's definitely going to be a point of upheaval happening here. And again, minor leagues weren't mentioned, but the fact that they've got to like shut off a, a roster at a higher level means to me, I don't see that happening. Again, yeah. we're at the rumor stage. You may know more when this, by the time the episode drops, you may not. It may be, this may hit the, the trash can and not, not get past the owners. Who the heck knows? But there's fun baseball happening now. Yeah, except for I just want to say one more thing, because I get yeah. sad thinking about not going to baseball games. So if we look all the way forward to like September, right, like the very end of the season, you still think that would be an unsafe time to go to Nats Park? Thinking about like what the, if it were done in the way like Taiwan's doing now? 
if we had the same situation as Taiwan, I'd be yeah, all for big it. If, big but if. we do not. So we're going right. to talk about that in just a second. Let's want. Let's we want to start with that. You want to start Ta- with that? With, oh, with Taiwan safety. Yeah. Sure. So, so CPBL is the Chinese Professional Baseball League, and it is, I think, the best baseball in the world that's happening right now. That's my own very unbiased opinion. I second uh, that. I'm having so much fun watching them. It's it's a blast. And before we get into the details, I just want to do a shout out to Daniel Shi, who we had on this episode, on this episode, on this podcast, two episodes ago, two weeks ago, talking to us and teaching us about the CPBL. He just got a gig tweeting for them on, on social media, that's like fantastic. a real social media gig. So congrats to Daniel. Oh, oh that's fantastic. He's good, awesome. Good job, Daniel. Good job. Yay. You're going to do a great job with that. Hooray. So the CPBL was able to welcome fans back to games starting this past Friday. And here's how they did it. They haven't had a new case of coronavirus in Taiwan in 26 days. Yeah, right? we need that, right? So their yeah. opening day of with fans, they allowed, they, first they were going to, they said about 250 fans. They upped it, said, no, we can accommodate a thousand people who have their temperature taken as they enter the um, the ballpark, who are all wearing masks, who have to sit in uh, – the, the seats are very clearly marked. You can't swap your seats around. They're like three or four apart, and then they skip rows in between. Like family groups were together, like little kids were with a parent. But other than that, everybody was very spaced out. They weren't selling concessions, none of that. But it was so much fun to see – happy fans and hear the fans cheering for real for their team, right? The um, the health minister of Taiwan was at that opening game wearing a zero on his jersey for zero cases, which I just love. And even, you know, we'll talk more about the mascots, but the mascots are totally getting into reinforcing all of the careful health steps you need to take at the game and when you're on your own as well. Yeah, that's what I love about it is that it it continues a focus on being conscious, you know, even through the fan experience. And I got to admit, I mean, you're right here. While I was watching it, I thought to myself, U.S. fans would not act like that. Like, look at all these people being responsible and respectful and staying in their seats and not falling down drunk. And everything that they did, like the wash cam, you know, with the mascots washing hands and showing kids like this is what you're going to do. And wearing masks, the mascots, every it was just a really good um, reinforcement of how people should continue to behave even when you haven't had a case in a month, a new case. Like, that's amazing. This country, like, we don't, you know, we're not even close and people are starting to do crazy I mean, things. P- people get ticked if they have to wear a mask going into Costco, right? And and that's right. probably more nor- more usual than, than, you know, people being extra careful. And here's the thing. Taiwan earned this. Mm-hmm. They stayed home. They were careful. They got ahead of this pandemic and they clamped it down. And so now they have they have they deserve this. They earned it. It's safer for them. And as you said, they're following these rules. They're talking about maybe doubling the number of fans that get to come in. My worry is that MLB will say, "Oh, we can do that and just see like the numbers of people in the right. in the arena and not understand that all of that homework had to be done first. The country as a whole had to earn this. You know, the level of cases went down to zero. All of these things had to happen first. That's not going to happen for us this year. That may not happen for, you know, who knows 
when that's going to be the case for here. So I'm really scared about saying, well, look, we could do that part. And then people just getting in it too early. Oh God, that's so depressing. Yeah. And I mean, of course, we're worried, worried about risks to players in that kind of environment. And I think that was, you know, going back to your to the rumor issues, players are saying they're the ones who are being played with at this point. You know, do they get put at risk in being forced to play before it's really safe for them to play? And, and what happens if somebody tests positive? What does the whole league shut right. down? What happens? We don't right. know. Right. A lot, and lot at of this things to point, talk about. You're, you're right that Taiwan has earned it because they've been playing for how many weeks? And everything is fine. Uh, one thing that was almost not so fine was us <laughs> being able to watch it, though. I had a fucking heart attack the other day when I woke up from my breakfast baseball and I opened my Twitter feed and it was a paywall. And I didn't try to go into the paywall, but our friend Infield Fly Girl reported back that you couldn't even pay. And at the same time, it was exorbitant. You know, it was more than you would be paying for a subscription to MLB.com for a, a season if you were to go game by game at that point. So people on Twitter got uh, a little angsty. And what I really didn't like, it was, you know, the the 11 sports who have been counting on for this, they sort of looped everything over to this other feed called Live Now, which was going to be the fa- paid feed. And every time somebody commented, you would get this horrible bot response. And I just kind of felt like, you know, this is middle school. Nobody's answering our questions. Why isn't anybody responding to us? And in about the eighth inning, magic happened. The feed came back. I want to give some serious credit, though, to the Fubon Guardians. They didn't have a home game that day, and they were the only team that was actually communicating all the way through this and saying, don't worry, tomorrow we will have our feed. Definitely come here. So I guess at this point, the monkeys are through the 11 sports, whatever they're connecting to. Am I right? Like, what are you watching monkey ball on? Yeah, it's um, 11 sports. And then there's another, they they bounced it over like one more, but but there's no paywall now. They said, we've taken the paywall away for the United States. And here's the thing. There are other, like, I understand like no free lunch. I get that. Mm -hmm, We've had a free lunch. But there are other ways, like, you know, there's all this dead time in between innings. Throw a freaking commercial in there. You've got my eyeballs. Use that time for a commercial. Because here's the thing for me. I have to be at work all the way across the kitchen to the other side of the kitchen at 830 in the morning. Right. So I watch about three or four innings of monkey ball in the morning. So I'm not it's like I'm not going to buy a ticket to go to a game that I'm going to pass through for a cup of coffee and leave. But. I'm happy to have advertising thrown at my eyeballs to pay for the amount of the game that I'm watching. Yeah. And at least communicate. There should have been some warning, like this is going to happen tomorrow. And then there should have been some information once people started freaking out compared to just radio silence or a bot response. And the timing was really stupid. I mean, I'm guessing there's a little bit of um, jealousy. I don't know if that's the right word about the KBO deal with ESPN. It was happening all around the same time. So maybe they thought, hey, we need to get a piece of this too. But people have, a lot of people have ESPN. They weren't getting it for the KBO. So they were at that juncture where if you're cutting yourself off, people are going to watch something that they've already paid for. So you're going to lose people to KBO at this point, as opposed to keep them because you have this unique thing going. Yep. So they, thankfully, 
they came around and like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is a crappy time to be doing this to you. So we won't here. Here's your baseball back. And, and everything is happy again in, in monkey and lion and, and, and guardian and Brotherland. Well, it's much happier in monkey land than it is in lion land because the lions are lying down in last place right now. Where monkeys are still number one, the only team over 500 in that league of four teams. That is an amazing stat. We said that last week and we're saying it again this week. And the the other three have shuffled a little bit and they're still relatively close. But yeah, they're all very close. And, you know, the monkeys have lost to all of them. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, things can change. Absolutely. Right now, monkeys rule, monkeys rule. (laughs) I am having fun with the lions. I, you know, it's definitely a little bit of a mixed relationship there. They were having some horrible defensive woes. And then the pitcher who I've been waiting for to come out, Renicky, he did not do well in his last outing. He was pulled pretty early. But um, I talked last week about my baseball boyfriend that I had picked and that maybe I had done it a little bit too soon. So this was Lynn Anko, who is a two-way player. So I thought that that was a cool thing, you know, like a CPBL version of Otani. Um, But I found out that he wasn't pitching this season. And I sort of thought, well, Otani's not pitching this season either. So maybe it's like a similar thing. And then somebody wrote me on Twitter and said, no, it's because he he sucked pitching in spring training. <laughs> so they wanted him to focus. But she the 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 stat that she gave me was that there was a game in spring, twi- spring training where he gave up five walks and two hits, which accounted for three runs in just two innings against the Monkees. And that doesn't sound great. But honestly, other pitchers have been doing worse. So I'm wondering if maybe they should be giving, you know, Lynn a little bit, uh, another shot. Today, he started the rally. The, the, the Lions won this morning, which was a really nice way to start Mother's Day. And he started it with a solo home, home run, went four for four with a walk. Dang, so, that's so pretty awesome. At, yeah, I was thinking, shit, like maybe I did rush into this boyfriend thing a little bit too quickly, but now I'm thinking, nah, I think I think I picked okay. I think I picked okay. And to, even though the Lions are lying in last place, they had their 16th day today with a home run. So at least they're knocking it out of the park once in a while. They just got to get that defense together. Did, did you watch the game, though, when the guy got hit? The Monkeys game? There have been batter's hit in almost every game I've seen. No, this Seriously. is the one where the where the pitcher, which was Rogers, the guy who just got sent down to their version of the minors, mm-hmm. where he hit the guy in the back of the head when he was throwing to first base. I turned that game on right when he was walking off and getting ejected. Ah. I missed the actual throw to the back of the head. Yeah, I saw the replay, I, actually. Yeah, yeah, I saw the replay, and I was trying to figure out what happened. And infield fly girl fi- uh, filled me in a little bit, if I understand it correctly, that the batter was bunting, and he was running out the bunt. And so the pitcher was throwing it to first and hit him, like, in the back of the head. And he's, like, not – he's not well. I mean, I guess he's getting tests and stuff like that. He's He's functional, but what a crappy thing. And then – the pitcher freaks out. So that's the part that I don't totally understand that he apparently thought that the guy should have been out. Yeah. So he was walking off the field and turned around to the umpire and said something, you know, with his back to the camera and also probably in Chinese. So I would have known anyway. And he got ejected immediately. Actually, it was a Spanish speaking pitcher. Yeah. So was they it? were very, yeah, they were very unclear about what language he was speaking. Ah, well, in any case, he was looking the other way. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 
Yeah, he got ejected, which was fascinating to me because I have seen managers get out there and start arguing with umpires for several minutes. They never get to the like poking at the ump or throwing the cap in the dirt and kicking dirt around and stuff. Mm -hmm. But they yell and scream and wave their arms for a very long time. I'm thinking this would not stand in MLB. You would have been out. And I, I did see two umpires give the um, the brother's manager a warning. They put up their fingers like, one, this is your first warning. And that's the first time I've seen that. And he eventually like, calmed down and walked away. But I haven't seen a manager ejected, even though they were they should have been heading that way based on what I saw. Fascinating to me. Yeah, super, super interesting. Well, dear listeners, if we haven't convinced you yet to listen to to listen to to watch the CPBL on Twitter, there's more. There are cool mascots who celebrated Mother's Day. At least um, the the brothers whose mascots are elephants have their elephant Sean. He's their main mascot, and he has an older sister Albie. I talked about last week, and their mother Masha was there for Mother's Day. Are you saying Marsha with your Boston accent or no, is it really Masha? <laughs> you know, you know, it does sound like that, but it really is Masha as far as I can tell. Yeah. And I'm definitely saying it with my Boston accent. I'm probably getting the, the uh, pronunciation totally wrong. But I loved that idea of having the mother mascot. And I think that the other mascots should follow in suit. Can you imagine a fish head mommy mascot? The, the, <laughs> the, right? Because the lions have two mascots, lion and Saba boy, who is a fish head i would love to see the fish head family mommy fish head i, I have no fish re- head. response to that because <laughs> wow what would that even look like can we go back to the elephants for one second on Please. yesterday's game the whole the whole elephant family was there for yesterday's game and the um the the mother was wearing kind of an apron and the next thing you know a tiny little stuffed elephant came out from under the apron as oh, if no. she delivered as if the mama elephant <laughs> delivered in the stands. So who knows? Wow. See, you never know what you're going to see on, on on Monkey Ball, on Brothers Ball, and, and the CPBL. Oh, my gosh. You also learn a lot of fun facts because the commentators largely are pretty interesting and fun and kind of relaxed and new at this. And many of them seem to want to encourage international fans to come visit and come see a game in person and come see Taiwan. And so they give you a lot of sort of cultural tips and everything. I have heard twice, two different games, that you can legally change your name twice in Taiwan because it's come up with players who had one name and then changed to another. They said, people, you can change your numbers, of course, but also people have been known to change their name to try to change their luck and get out of a rut. Oh, that's a good technique. Another fun fact is when a foul ball goes into the stands, ushers, well, now that there are live fans, they didn't do this when there were cardboard cutouts. Now that there are live fans, ushers will run over and talk to the person who caught the ball just to make sure they're okay and do not require medical attention. Even if it was just a clean catch, like no Absolutely. getting hit by anything? Wow. Yeah. Or, you know, bounced off the aisle and they ran and picked it up from under a chair. Like they didn't even catch the ball. They got the ball. They still get the, you know, are you okay? Do you need help? Fascinating, what a right? nice society. In the category of things that I wish they had said more about, they said players don't get traded during the season, but sometimes cheerleaders get traded. Really? Wow. And then they moved on. They said, oh, yeah, so so-and-so, uh, you know, who's with the, you know, the, the Rakuten girls used to be one of the sisters, which is the, the brothers cheerleading squad. 
as if there were some deal like for like a sister to be named later or, or, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the trade actually wow. is. And I was dying for more, but I didn't follow up. And that's, that's on me. I'm having a hard time keeping up with their outfits. It seems like they have multiple outfits per cheerleading squad. They do. Like some are like the like high school cheerleader outfits and some are like just shorts and T-shirts. And yeah, it really I don't know if it, this is the Saturday look. This is the Mother's Day mm-hmm. formal look. I don't know. I did learn when there was a rain delay in the fifth inning, I think today of Monkey Ball, the rain out of nowhere came just pouring down. Oh, and they no. said, oh, yeah, it's not monsoon season yet until July. And I thought. They have monsoon season. Of course they do. And that then they explained that's why they have two sections of their season. They have part one and then a break in part two. Like we would have the all-star break. And we sort of like informally refer to like the first part of the season, Uh like pre-break and post-break. They take two weeks off in the middle of July because they get monsoons then. (laughs) That's their all-star break. So they plan for that in the middle of July. So I learned that. And the other thing that I'm enjoying besides the the names of the mascots and the existence of mascots are the nicknames for some of the players. My favorite guy, the home run king of the world, um, Chu Yushen, his nickname is Dimple Cannon. Oh, my God, is he adorable. He is very adorable and does, in fact. And you know what? Cheers to that. We're going to drink to that. We're going to make that a sports word because you can't deny that dimples are adorable. I need a refill. I got to call tech support. And two players on the brothers have great nicknames. One of them is Stick, not for his bat, but because he's tall and lanky and shaped (laughs) like a stick. And the other one is Hollywood. Number seven is Hollywood. And, you know, you would like him because of the hair. It's like, yep. Sure enough, he's Hollywood. What's the hair like? There's a little bit of flow. It's a little um, kind of. Like, he's got sort of a Johnny Depp kind of look. If Johnny oh, Depp grew okay. up in Taiwan, yeah, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, he's sort of like a little, little like um, mysterious and a little unkempt, but in a glamorous way. Yeah, so that's huh. that would be number seven on on the brothers. So so watch out for that. Stick is number nine. I have no idea what their real names are because if you miss. It once you've missed it for the whole game, and it's really hard to go back and figure it out. Yeah, I, I definitely want to print out all of the rosters and keep them handy while I'm watching. But it's early in the morning, and I'm uncaffeinated usually. And yeah, someday I'll get it together. Uh, just for the the final wrap up for this week for the CPBL, the standings: the Monkeys are fourteen and four. I mean, yeah, they they're are. they're way over winning, and the Lions in the gutter are eight and thirteen. It's not really the gutter because the other ones are like only have nine wins. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, true. That, th- those three teams are super close. All right. Thank you. We will keep hope alive. Well, when we go over to the Korean League, I am actually, my team is actually in the gutter. So, you know, I, I it's fair. Far fewer games, though. Far fewer games. So over to the KBO, the Korea Baseball Organization. Is it Korea or Korean? I, re- I remember like it's an issue to say that wrong. And now I've fucked it up probably. Let's Korea do it. Baseball- K- with KBO. Yeah. KBO can't go wrong with KBO. And uh, congrats to our friend Jiho, who was on last week. Definitely go back to that episode if you missed it to hear all about what's going on in the KBO. Because after we showed the world how wonderful he is, he had a spot on ESPN with Jess Mendoza. So they've got that uh, screenshot with him and Jess. So that puts us one degree away from Jess. You know, I believe we are now officially star makers, right? Daniel's yep. on with us and he gets a new gig. Jiho's on with us. Next thing you know, he's getting interviewed by Jess Mendoza in the middle of the night for Jess. I mean, she woke up for him. I mean, really, come on, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're the, we're the NCIB springboard nowadays. I finally watched a game, though. 
Did you? You had watched one when we recorded last week, or was it right after we recorded? It was right after, because opening day was it was after we recorded, and I took a disco power nap and set my alarm to wake up at one a.m. to watch opening day for the KBO. Who who'd you watch? What what game was it? The first game it was it was it was the Dinos, and I can't remember who they played. But the Dinos won their, their opening day game. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. I, I turned on the TV, which was preset to ESPN to make it easy for me to watch from bed at 1 a.m. And there was a tarp on the field because they started with a freaking rain delay. One nice. o'clock in the morning, they've got a rain delay. The good news was that the um, ESPN dudes decided to interview Eric Thames, who is newly on the Nationals, so I care about him for that way. But if you remember our story from before, he used to play for the Dinos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the KBO, and he was so funny and so charming. It's like this is how I want to spend all my rain delays. I want Eric Thames to tell me stories about playing in the KBO. He was the MVP in 2015, I think we said. Um, and so he was he was fantastic. So that helped, you know, move that along. But watching the game. Well, number one, I turned into my father-in-law and I left at the seventh inning to beat the traffic, right? I turned it off and went back to sleep. But everything I didn't enjoy about watching the KBO was because of ESPN. It's the same things I don't like about watching Sunday night baseball. And worse. It's worse. It's worse because, okay, so the sportscasters, the, the, the thing I don't like about Sunday night baseball is they're always talking to each other and special mm-hmm. guests and ignoring the game, Right. And here you have that that added layer of, you know, they're doing their research and all that, but they're not in the ballpark. They are not, you know, they they don't they did not know anything about the KBO before this started. They are doing like, this would be us again. It's like we, you know, calling the game from our sofas mm-hmm. and talking over each other because they're on, you know, Zoom or Google Hangouts or me or whatever they're doing where it's hard to take turns when you speak and know who's going and their internet connections were falling out and this and that. And it was so hard to watch. I want what we have with the CPBL. I want people who live there, who know the league, who also happen to speak English. That cannot be hard to find. I am sorry. That cannot be hard to find to tell us from the ballpark what's going on with their deep knowledge of having, you know, lived with this league. That's what I want. Yeah, I'm behind you 100%. This morning, I I thought about setting my alarm for the game, the Dinos game this morning, because I hadn't seen them yet. And I'm thinking, what kind of fan am I? And I just, you know, did one of those middle-aged women wake up in the middle of the night things at two. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to turn on ESPN and start watching. And I was wishing that I were was watching in Korean. I think that would have been better because I would have at least gotten the intonation of the fact that they were following the fucking game. But it was Jess Mendoza, who I normally really like, and I can't even remember the name of the other announcer that I meant to look up before we recorded, but forgot to, who is with her. But they talked about his ability to grow a quarantine beard or not. They gave stories about MLB. They obviously had no fucking clue what was going on. They were even unsure about what was happening with the camera shots. And the camera shots were kind of weird, but of course they had no connection to that. And it was useless. They weren't even calling the action that was happening. So I ended up feeling super frustrated. And I woke up when the dinos were winning and I thought, cool, I get to go into recording talking about being undefeated tomorrow. And apparently there was a horrible, well, depending on your point of view, late, late inning comeback that I had fallen back asleep for by the twins who ended up 
winning against the dinos. And actually, somebody creative on Twitter said that it was the worst collapse of the dinos since the crustacean period. Very nice. I like yeah. that. If you remember our conversation with Jiho when we were talking about bat flips, he's, he was like shaking his head saying, "I'm, you know, people need to get away from the bat flips because there's so mm-hmm. much more there. On the opening day broadcast, they kept Oh, was that a flip? Did he flip that? Oh, look, it was all about the freaking. I'm like, come on, you're better because than they that. have not done their homework, right? They're just they have like nothing else to talk at- about. Yeah, yep, yep. Crazy. So, um, <laughs> this morning's game. I guess you didn't see this part. This must have been when I, you were asleep, right? I had just fallen asleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I so, did see it afterwards. <laughs> so they've been calling in guests. The ESPN commentators have been calling in guests because that's what they do on ESPN because otherwise they have to talk about the actual game. They, mm-hmm. they FaceTimed in Trevor Bauer to talk about who knows what the game. Does he know about Korean baseball? I don't know. Maybe he does. And apparently they had his phone number, his personal direct phone number up on the screen <laughs> during this interview i know and like, my kid saw this and cam's like really nobody at espn knows how facetime works better yet nobody at espn has trevor bauer saved as like you know as a saved number in their phone come on i find that hard to believe but god bless trevor bauer and i say that once every couple of months because every once in a while he does <laughs> something so that you love and what he did was instead of just you know ripping them a new one which I, you know what, in this case, that would have been kind of fair because that was just asleep at the wheel. He said, all right, world, you all have my phone number. So I'm going to do a giveaway. I'm going to give away signed cleats and a ball. And the rules for how to play the game are on my voicemail. He had to update that because he didn't realize how damn fast his voicemail was going to fill up. So now (laughs) you just have to follow him on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. And theoretically, you're automatically entered. But I don't remember when the deadline is. I think uh, I think he took it a lot better than his agent, who it, it sounds like she's come around. But his agent, Rachel Luba, who's recent since this year and and kudos actually to Bauer for another thing, for having her as his agent. But she said on Twitter, what a massive headache this is been and we're just 20 minutes out so that's when it just happened but props to to bauer for turning this disaster into a brand growth opportunity yep. so yeah kind of nice but yeah it's a great like way to hit off your marketing right away yeah no jump on that that's i you know what he that's lemonade right there made lemonade out of those man somebody lost a job over this i bet Absolutely. So despite like the difficulty in watching the KBO, and I honestly don't know how much more of that I can take. It's not because of the play. The play was fascinating. And actually, and I didn't get anybody's names because they didn't know anybody's names. That was super frustrating. So somebody would make a play. They couldn't even tell me who did it. Um, But the one cool thing that I noticed is they can demote umpires. And actually, Jiho wrote a really good article about this, that there was a whole team, you know, all the umpires of the game got demoted to the whiner, to the minors after a Wyvern's Eagles game. Yep. That's something we could certainly learn from. I got to say, it's like, oh, wait, look, you know, there, there's accountability for for the mm-hmm. umpires. And, you know, it, I, apparently it was quite a lot. I mean, it wasn't of like a frivolous, oh, we didn't like that call. You're down. It was a, a whole pattern of inconsistent calls. It sounded like it was an agreement from both teams too, which is always a good sign. It was interesting though, at the same time that they demoted the umps, they did give a little bit of a warning to the players to be respectful toward the umps. And I don't know exactly what that came from, but that's that's a fair thing to say. They're just so nice. 
so polite. <laughs> hey, so um, how's your team doing? Pretty good, except for that one loss? Except for that one loss. there, But it's only five games in at the point time of recording. So they're four and one. Um, there's two teams above them. I think there's the, it's the Giants, I think, that are undefeated. Yeah, the Lottie Giants are undefeated. And your Wyverns are right now in last place, but it's one and four. So by this time, even, you know, by the time things uh, y'all hear this recording. Things could have changed by next week. We could have swapped. We'll see what happens. Could be one and five, one and six. We'll see. But you know what? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to see them yet because they were just not on the ESPN schedule for the first week at all. It was the same teams over and over again out of the 10. I don't know why. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I, I did see some uh, reports saying, though, that they do have the best mascot. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, it's supposed to be Athena. So we'll see. Uh-huh. We'll see. I don't know. Hey, back to MLB. We warned you. I just want to say we warned you all that the draft, the MLB draft this year was only going to be five rounds. And we warned you because we read published pieces that this was going to happen. And those same outlets that told us it was going to happen now apparently are shocked and outraged that it actually happened. Like you're the one who said it was only going to be five rounds. Why are you surprised about this? So just the brief recap. The MLB draft, which will be in June, is limited to five rounds down from the 40 that it usually is. So it's only 150 players. After the draft is over, teams are allowed to sign an unlimited number of undrafted players for $20,000 each. Right. Okay. So, you know, stick a pin in that for later, right? Yep. One of the reports said, it's not a problem for these guys that don't get drafted. They can just go back to school. Well, if you remember- seriously? Seriously. So you, if you like the high school guys can just go on to college and the, mm-hmm. the college juniors thought they were going to get drafted can just stay in school. And if you remember our discussion about this, that is not going to work for anybody because colleges only have a certain amount of scholarship money available. There are only a certain number of roster spots available on college teams. It's going to be a freaking mess. One of the things that MLB is saying is the money that gets saved for not drafting more rounds helps to pay for the current staff on the payroll, which sounds good to me being current staff that would like to continue being paid in my job, which is Mm -hmm. not an MLB job. Um, But that was kind of the point of deferring bonus money. So the the rounds that are getting drafted, the bonuses, they would get like half now and half in a year so that MLB wouldn't have to put out all that money at once and could then use that money to pay other salaries and pay other bills that, that are happening now when we don't have income from ticket sales or for TV rights or anything. But the thing that I want to just emphasize is this kind of stuff hurts the low income players the hardest, the ones who need a scholarship in order to get to college to be drafted, the ones who need that signing bonus to live on, because we've talked a million times about minor league players not being paid squat. So if you don't have a signing bonus to live on, hope you are, you know, well off and probably white so that you can afford to pay your rent and eat. So, you know, for all the talk MLB has about, you know, diversity and growing the game and all of this, this is not going to do it. So, you know, still very worried about the ripple effect, about how this is going to play out and all of these kids who have are having their dreams like just crushed and what the hell next year's draft is going to look like with all of these extra people in it. I mean, this is going to take a while to this, this course to be righted again. Um, it's, it's ugly, but hey, don't be surprised because you knew this was coming. Yeah, I, I appreciate you using the we that you're assuming that I did all the reading and research as well and didn't just sort of 
you know, get it off of you. <laughs> but I did do a little bit. And actually, some stuff that I've seen is really, it seems to be pointing toward wanting like an audit of MLB, because there's a lot of discussion about how a lot of their money does not depend on b- fans being in the stadium. And so, you know, where is their money coming from? How much do they have to deal with? Who's getting it? It seems like there does need to be some sort of big league audit going on. That that was one of the um, the union responses to the thing we talked yeah. about earlier about why MLB is talking about having the players take yet another pay cut if they can't have fans in the stadium. And they're like, we believe you can't afford it, but you, you need to show us the numbers. You're saying you can't prove it. Show us your books. And they're not. Show us the money. And of course, we're all worried about the players and the quality of play. And our friend at uh, Turn a Pair podcast, Turn a Pair Chris, check his thread out on Twitter. He did a fantastic job of going team by team and looking at who was drafted beyond the fifth round and who would we be missing had this be been going on at that time and a shit ton of our baseball boyfriends. And I don't think I gave the rundown, but if anybody's new to our podcast this week, Patty and I usually choose baseball boyfriends, one per each team, because they're special, because there's something about the guy that's cool beyond the field. Yes, they have mad skills, usually in my case, but we also find fun stuff about them. So go back and look at our or listen to our past episodes to hear about these guys because here's some of the guys that we picked because they have mad skills. Jeff McNeil is my Mets boyfriend this year. He wouldn't have made it. And I picked Mets pitching. Jacob deGrom wouldn't have made it. That I thought was like the the name that totally jumped out at me. And Seth Lugo, you know, one of their key relievers. Anthony Rizzo I had from the Cubs last year, I believe. Lorenzo Cain from the Brewers. I mean, this list is crazy. Travis Shop, because of course, because we have good taste. You had uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Kike Hernandez, who I think is one of my absolute favorite all-time NCIB boyfriends, Justin Turner, our our whole fucking Dodgers, Justin Turner, Jock Peterson, Russell Martin, uh, Mike Yastrzemski, who I followed from when he was out here with uh, with the Bowie Bay, Bowie Bay Sox, and now he's out there with the Giants. Tommy Pham, who you followed around, Whit Merrifield, and Albert Pujols, you know? <laughs> yeah, and these aren't just any guy that they drafted, you know, past the fifth round. I, Chris took, like, the top 12 guys like, like for, for numbers of games played. There was a metric to narrow oh, down. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like of, of all the guys. It right. was a very specific, like most like, important, you know, productive players. And how, do, how does that pan out, which I find just fascinating. Um, yeah, this is... This is really a whole thing. And one of the, the pieces I read said, you know, you know how when we, we, we profile our boyfriends, we often say when they were in high school, they also played football and they also played this and they also played mm-hmm. that. You know, those guys were also good in those other sports and the ones who aren't going to get drafted may look elsewhere and they may look outside of sports too. We talk a lot of, well, my boyfriends about them being scholar athletes, not so much potty mouth boyfriends. I, I have a couple, I have a couple smart guys in there. You do, you yeah. do. And like the, the, one of the things I read was, you know, instead of like, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, first baseman, it would have been Paul Goldschmidt CPA, right? I mean, uh-huh. some of these guys may just have to follow a new career path and who knows, you know, we're, maybe we're going to miss the next DeGrom. We just don't know. Yeah. It's a whole darn thing supposed to be growing the game here that plus the minor league situation is just just a little bit of a bummer but moving on to the boyfriends doing the boyfriend thing so we choose these guys because 
they're good guys in Patty's case, maybe because they're quite the scholar, but we both really agree on that we like guys who do good for the community, guys who give back, guys who show that they have serious moral values. And at this time in this crisis that is needed, especially with people who have the funds to do it, and guys are giving back. So Albert Pujols has a Pujols Family Foundation, and his family foundation is putting together food bags to give out in the Dominican Republic. He's also working with Pedro Martinez's foundation, as is your boyfriend, Nelson, or your ex-boyfriend, Nelson Cruz. Was he from yeah. last year? He was from yep. last year. Yep. They're all doing wonderful things. Pedro Martinez has something called the Step Up to the Plate Fund, and they are putting together food kits and collecting face masks and giving them out in different communities in the DR and also suiting up the doctors and nurses because they don't have enough equipment that they need. So yay to these guys doing good things and not one of our boyfriends, but one of our local favorites, Patrick Corbin totally unannounced, um, donated 500 masks to Fairfax County government and Fairfax County had tweeted it, but you know, he didn't make a big deal about it, but it's just those guys doing those good things that we really appreciate. Yeah. And also a lot of these guys are working with their colleagues in the, mm -hmm. on their team, across teams, and also across other major league sports. So, so here in the D.C. area, Ryan Zimmerman, you know, the face of the franchise, the Washington Nationals, has his Pros for Heroes COVID-19 Relief Fund, where he networked with a couple more guys on the team, but also players from the Caps, from the hockey team, from the Washington football team, from the Wizards, and they all donated big cash, like, you know, a hundred grand at a time. Plus they opened it up for like individual donations. And what they're doing is they're putting together supplies, um, PPE and meals for healthcare workers, you know, in the immediate vicinity right here. And what he said was, you know, we got to keep them safe because they're keeping us safe. You know, they're the real heroes here. And also when they go home at the end of the day, they shouldn't have to fricking cook. You know, oh it's like, God. here's a yeah. good meal, you know, and so we're, we want to protect you at all levels, like your peace of mind, as well as your health, which I really appreciate. And also at the company level, um, you know, the Fanatics company who makes jerseys and t-shirts and you can order your, you know, team wear from them. A while ago, they were making um, gowns and, and like protective gowns out of the baseball jersey fabric so to donate cool. to hospitals in like, I think I don't know if they're New York based, but they're donating to hospitals in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and New York state. They've started making face coverings that are branded with different teams that they, they can sell to the public. And the proceeds to those are being donated to um, a foundation called the all in challenge foundation. So, you know, there it's like $25 for like three of these face coverings with different patterns for your team. It's not as baseball, but it's also other sports too, but all of the, all of the profit, goes to helping people in need right now, which is pretty cool. That is fantastic. You know, if anybody who's listening has more tips on ballplayers doing good, please send it to us. I might as well say it now. Send it to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. Shoot us an email at ncibpodcast at gmail.com because we want to know about ballplayers doing good things. Maybe it'll give us a little bit of an insight when we go to put pick baseball boyfriends for next year unless we carry ours over <laughs> oh right right i know we're gonna have to come up with all sorts of what the fuck do we do with oh, whatever happens goodness. this season because as it is like best case scenario half the games 
Best case scenario. Best case. Best case scenario. And, and define best. That's like the most case right. scenario. Right? We still oh don't know. Oh, my head hurts. So we're going to ponder right. on that. That's what we're looking forward to this week is to see what the heck comes out of these plans that are being put forth by MLB. Um, we'll know soon what the what the state of play is with that. We hope that you're having some fun with baseball, whether it's with your breakfast, whether it's in the middle of the night, or whether you're watching things from the vault that were games that you appreciated in years gone by. Please listen to some back episodes of No Crying in Baseball and tell your friends about it if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. Leave us a review or a rating if you get a chance. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth.